I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, Halima. Hi, Annie. And hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ioni and I'm the founding editor-in-chief of Polyester and the author of Poor Little Sick Girls. I'm Halima, the community editor of Polyester Zine and the co-host of the Polyester Podcast. This is The Sleepover Club, a feminist pop culture podcast. We pull apart the hashtag discourse in the hope of making some sense of it all. And before we get started, please like, rate, review and subscribe. Ioni, do you have any reviews to read out this week? We do! Brilliant. Five stars. Congratulations on an amazing podcast. I've been struggling to find one that merges some of my favourite topics, fashion, pop culture and social media through a political and feminist lens. And your analysis on these topics blows me away each time. It's really hard to find culture commentaries that are this brilliant. Also, you're always hopping onto what is the latest controversy, which helps keep me updated. Do you have any recommendations on other culture publications to follow? Thank you. And that is from Carolina from Argentina, which is amazing. Woo, thank you. Do you have any recs? For podcasts or? It said culture publications. I don't have any recs. You don't have any? Do you have recs? Um, <laughs> ashamed. It's a little <laughs> theme. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. But, um, mm. The fat scene, Gina's scene, yes, obviously. Course, course. A great scene. What else do I read? I don't know what else I read. I actually, do you know what I'm really liking? I am liking the new Gorka. Oh, Gorka are being weird though. You see, they are being, they have great stuff, but you see how they like went on, you know, there's this New York Times writer. Yeah, and, um, the archi- The archivist. Yeah. yeah. And they've gone on the like complete support of Offensive, the New York Times. Yeah. In comparison to her, like, why are you supporting like a massive institution like that and not the worker? Like, why are you guys freaks? It's so funny, isn't it? Well, not funny, but it's just... It's It's freaky. Media drama. It's mad. Anyway. So what are we talking about today, Halima? We're talking... I look like the Virgin Mary, no? Yeah, you do. But no one else can see. Okay, true. I'm really cold, Also, may I say, Halima's saying she's cold. It's a literal heat wave. Yeah, I think it's like, what? 29 degrees or something let me double check right now so i'm factually accurate at the moment it's actually 26 but it's set to get a lot hotter i'm just so cold but it's fine this week (laughs) we're talking about if hollywood can figure out gen z 
So this is inspired by an article. Halima, would you like to introduce our lovely listeners to the article? It's by the LA Times. Oh my God, I actually attached the wrong article in my podcast research. But Oopsie. By, oh, it's by the Los Angeles Times. And yeah. it's all about um, kind of this new wave of like cinema that we're seeing that is particularly representing Gen Z. So we are also talking about this this week because at the end of last week our Rachel Sennett cover went live on our website if you haven't read it go and read it and it's obvious go and read it go and read it go and read it not read it go on polyesterzine.com so she is obviously starring in Bodies 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 which is one of the films mentioned in Mark Olson's article which kind of like got us onto talking about this subject so the three films that are specifically brought up are Bodies, 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 which you can read about more on our website, but it's basically like a slasher slash whodunit Gen Z comedy horror vibe. Sharp Stick, which is Lena Dunham's second feature film, which honestly, Halima, I read the synopsis for this film five times and I couldn't get my head around it. I honestly didn't either. So I'm going to read it out just in case our listeners can make better sense of it. Lena Dunham's second feature film, Sharp Stick follows Sarah Jo, a 26-year-old virgin living with her mother, Marilyn, and sister, Tri- Trina? I don't know Trina? How to Trina. Dunham plays Heather, a pregnant 30-something struggling to hold her life together in the face of her husband, Josh's serial philandering. After Josh had an affair with Sarah Jo, caregiver to their special needs son, Sarah Jo sets off on a journey of self-discovery by having sex with men she meets on the internet. That may as well, I may as well just have read Gabagool for three minutes. <laughs> I honestly have no idea what this film is about and we couldn't see it. Oh my god. <laughs> it just made, and it was, when I was reading the article, I don't want to like stop you from talking about the next movie, but when I was reading the article, it was, she was going on about how she was like on TikTok for the whole summer and like this is how, that's this inspired the movie. What connection does TikTok have to this? <laughs> what did it, it do to deserve this? Okay. Um, yeah. Next movie. Very, and I would also be very interested to see Lena Dom's representation of a child with Down syndrome, which I'm pretty sure. Yeah, is that'd be interesting. Yeah, condition. But also, like the cast is low key lit. Like, what do you mean, John? What's I can't say his last name. Birth and like, he's sexy bitch. Like he's sexy, <laughs> and it has the girl from Zola. Mm-hmm. It's a stacked cast. What can yeah, we say? Truly. The reviews have not been so... Basic. Not as kind. No, no. No. So the other film mentioned is Not Okay, which is Hulu if you're in the States, Disney Plus if you're in the UK. So Not Okay, you've probably seen it all over the internet. It's got Dylan O'Brien in there, which is somehow TikTok's boyfriend. Like, he's all he's over a, my... Oh, he's just an angel, isn't he? So he's playing kind of like a fuckboy influencer... And then Danny Sanders is played by Zoe Dooch and is basically about like a wannabe influencer that gets embroiled in a big, big lie, which mm-hmm. we will talk about more in a minute. So I thought it was interesting, but also kind of like weird how in this Los Angeles Times piece, they're saying like the movie business has existed for 100 years. Um, Gen Z are becoming adults and Mm -hmm. how do older creators cater for them? Mm -hmm. Which is something I definitely found interesting. Obviously, this has kind of always happened. Like, this has always happened that older people are representing younger people. Like, obviously, the number one example of this is Euphoria, which I know you have thoughts on, but Sam Levinson's, like, not Gen Z. He's, like, in his 30s, right? 
I think so, yeah. Or older even, I'm not entirely sure. Shall we look up how old he is? Yeah, go on. <laughs> oh my god, he's 37! I knew it. So he's 37. Mm. And I think it just is an interesting point of like, what drive... And it's the same with the Bodies, Bodies, Bodies director. Like, she's not super young. The Not Okay director is 27, which obviously is. And I think also just this idea of like older people representing younger people's experiences on film what are your thoughts Halima is Sam Levinson the one writing the scripts for Euphoria he is isn't he yeah yeah <laughs> alone <laughs> in a cold dark room because I know that like um the bodies 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 girly and um, the director obviously isn't the one writing the scripts so it actually is being informed by younger people who are writing these scripts and stuff and when um, I spoke to Rachel in the interview, she said she was basically like given free reign to improv loads of it. So there's one specific example where she said she like swapped out a reference to anxiety to body dysmorphia, which does feel a lot more Gen Z and like sure. feels a lot more now. I think that like, it'll be interesting to see Lena Dunham's film and, and hear the way her Gen Z character speaks because like she was always talking about the fact that she was on TikTok and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. So it'd be interesting to actually under, hear the dialogue that she uses in this movie to see if she's actually representing Gen Z in, you know, this authentic way that she's like making it come across because I guess she's not Gen Z and she, and she made it sound in the article how like, when she was on TikTok because she used like a fake account. It was probably the only account that she had that wasn't being monitored by just because mm-hmm. she doesn't run her other social media accounts. Um, but like that, that when she entered like the realm of TikTok, like the language was so foreign to her. Like it felt like a whole different like thing. But I think that, mm, I, I think that like directors should just like give the space to younger people to like write those scripts and, and tell those stories. Cause obviously like they can direct and stuff, but like they actually don't know the, the true Gen Z experience. Like they don't get it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's do a thought exercise. <laughs> I would like you to say some lines of like oh, how God. you think millennials speak and then do the same but for Gen Z. I don't know how millennials speak. Like, I don't think about them very much. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, you do. I'm sorry. Everything you've watched up to this point has been about millennials if we are to like take this summer of Gen Z for its word. I don't know. I don't know how Gen Z, uh, how millennials speak. Like, I don't get bogged down by categories. Labels aren't my thing. Okay, so how does Gen Z speak? I don't know. I think mean, I know how we speak because, like, I speak, like, that, like, the language. But, like, I don't want to get too bogged down by, like, because I guess people think Gen Zers just use, like, internet speech. But, like, we don't use internet speech all the time. We kind of just talk like normal people. Well, so everyone said this about millennials when it was, like, they were first coming through culture. So, I don't know. I think it's interesting that Lena has said that she found it a foreign language because I personally just don't see those differences so Mm. much but I know that she is maybe like the older end of millennial and I think I count as a zillennial from my googling yesterday so are you a gen z cusp or the fuck they were using I am yeah yeah you're a cusp yeah because I was looking into it when I was watching not okay so let's get into not okay so not okay is satire let's say that first and foremost it's like a satire on it influencer and internet culture it's been positioned as like yeah this gen z film 
and it has lots of cameos from internet people on it like my queen caroline calloway may i just cut in and say also it's really interesting that we're speaking about this now because some of the caroline calloway projects are coming into fruition like remember mm. when the nasty article came out and she was like meh, 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 meh. I'm going to be, oh my God, feud. They're going to do the next season of feud about me and Natalie. <laughs> anyway, so I watched the really bad, there's like a really bad documentary on BBC Three about Caroline Calloway and Is I was fuming, I was throwing things at the telly. They were misrepresenting my girl. Like, she is not a scammer. I'm sorry. She's just absolutely categorically, categorically not. She's just an absolute mess. Mm. We need to make these subtle differences. <laughs> so it kind of follows a Caroline Calloway s character, right? Who yeah. feels that she's invisible, so pulls off this big hoax that she's gone to a writer's retreat. Spoilers, but also it's like literally in the trailer, so not spoiler. There is then a terrorist attack in France, in Paris. So she has to pretend that she was in the terrorist attack, and it kind of descends into darkness. From it was there, when she loves it. She goes to the airport with all the victims to get her picture <laughs> taken. Survivors, Halima. Oh my god! <laughs> the, I loved it. I thought the, I found the beginning a little bit confusing, only because like. Okay, so she wants to be a writer and an influencer. Like, it, it's just, it didn't, I didn't feel clear. Like, she did all this for a fella. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you watched yeah, it, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, like, yeah. it felt, the beginning felt confusing to me because I feel like I didn't understand her aim. Was it to be an influencer or was it to get a fella? True. Or was it to be a writer? It was to be a writer. Like, it just wasn't clear. I think overall it was to get attention mm. <laughs> through whatever mm. way it was mm. that she could most easily get attention. But what I thought was interesting is that we're kind of like, it's positioning as being heralded as like a Gen Z film. And I know in your notes you said that like, you think that millennial TV ended with like the bold type following Broad City Girls, blah, blah, blah. I kind of think that this basically just followed a lot of the structures that we have seen in millennial television. Interesting. Like girly working at a content farm. Check. Like that happened in special, that happened in shrill. There's a point in girls where that happens. Mm-hmm. It's a you know theme of the bold type. It's like a magazine content. Yeah, exactly. It's like a big trope. And obviously, I mean, it makes sense because those writers then want to be TV writers. But another thing that I found really interesting about it was that most of the soundtrack was pulled from the original incarnation of Gossip Girl. Was it? My specialist mastermind subject. (laughs) So most of the songs have also appeared in the original Gossip Girl, which makes me think it was positioned for a more millennial than Gen Z audience. Interesting. I don't remember too much of the music, which is not a good sign, I think, for... We well, also TV haven't show. seen the original Gossip Girl, but no, no, and you of course, alive of course. in indie sleaze. <laughs> of course, of course. But I do mean, like, as in for this movie, it's strange for me not to think back to watching this movie and being like, I don't remember any of the music that was played mm. in it. Because, like, there's a show that's on right now. It's called, I think you might watch it. Is it The Summer I Turned Pretty? I have not watched that. Oh, uh, I thought it was kind of very you, but like, mm. um, I think it's very you. I think it's something what you'd watch. It? It's on Amazon. It's by the person who wrote To All the Boys I Love Before. Right. No, I, mean, I think it's on Amazon. I might yeah, be on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, but what's it about? A girl who turned pretty or some shit like that. I don't know. All I really know because I haven't watched it, but all I know is that the the soundtrack is very Gen Z. Like it's okay. very like Olivia Rodrigo, Billie Eilish. 
eyelash, eyelash. Like eyelash. it's very, <laughs> it's just very like I haven't watched it, but I like I know that. Like, and I think the same with like when you think about things like Euphoria and stuff like that. Like music is so integral yeah. to these shows. So I think you're on you're on something there when you talk about the music in the show because I don't even remember it. Like it yeah. wasn't sent, it wasn't important, which is kind of strange for Gen Z TV. Mm-hmm. I also I don't know whether this was just like it doing its job properly. I found it like. Phys- quite physically cringe inducing and I don't know if that was the point it was hard no for sure it was I I mean I didn't think it was too oh my god you know the bit where she's at the, the counselling and yeah. she's like everything is great and then she Halima did the like two fingers to each other with the like thumb in the air the little yeah yeah Eww. oh my god <laughs> oh no it I can't uh, yeah I wanted to jump off a cliff but also like <laughs> I just keep thinking about it, but also like I like people were like doing that like la- like literally last year like that was people people were doing it like yeah like it's good it's too accurate. I, I think that's Dan why O'Brien nailed it like nailed it. He Who's my so broken good. little girl? Who's my broken little girl? <laughs> I feel sick. If nobody's watched this movie, I can just recite it for you. I do think it was quite ham-fisted in a lot of things, like the sex scene and then the dealing of this with the sex scene. I think that's very sloppy, in my opinion. It's brilliant. And then I think her character was really good, but it was like an over-characterization. Do you know what? It wasn't very like subtle, which obviously isn't the point. It's satire, it's comedy. Uh But like it did take it to an extreme. And I'm also, something that, has been said in the bodies 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 press let me get this up so i don't fuck it up is from the director and she says i can't find it but basically (laughs) she said something like oh this is the most interesting group to study because they're like extremely online they mix politics of sex and blah 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 and I wonder if this... I haven't seen Bodies, Bodies, Bodies yet. I'm seeing it tonight. Tomorrow. Tomorrow night. <laughs> and I'm just wondering if, like, the gaze of, like, a older person looking at a younger person is helpful. Or, like, if that satirization can go too far. Because I think we are at the point where it's, like, easier than ever to mock internet culture. For and, sure. like, sensibilities of youth culture. Because there is so much it's just so ripe for it but if the call doesn't come in from inside the house is it just like putting down young people hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. That's what, that's what I was, in my research, I was saying that it can... It could like Tifa, like not okay could have felt offensive. Do you know what I mean? Because it seems I feel like in some ways people would be like she's an extreme character, but I feel also feel like there's a, actually a lot of influences that you can say that this that her character mimics. So it's not like it comes from nothing. It's not like it comes from, you know, this imaginary person that they're making up to make fun of young people. Like she's actually quite clearly referencing people that like exist in our society now. Mm-hmm. But it, it can be difficult for sure. And I think that like the critique that the, the movie had on like performative activism and stuff was actually really good with them, um, Danny stealing the words of a black activist and stuff like that. And like going to that protest to act like she was a victim, like those things are so relevant now, even if they're not done in the most dramatic of ways, the way Danny did it. So I feel like the movie does a great job of, of it not feeling mimicky because it is satire, but also like, showing a, a kind of a reality of the way certain influencers particularly white influencers can act i i do agree i think it felt like the storyline of the young black activist felt slightly like misplaced in there sometimes that like the earnestness was rubbing against the comedy like i don't think they got the balance exactly right if you know what i mean mm. like i think it was difficult to feel her story fully like the young gun activist. I felt it oh when she was in their little classroom and she was like getting yeah that was awful that was awful and then the end but like I feel like they did like good jokes in that like there's a joke about um Katniss and Rue that I was like <laughs> <laughs> it the movie is me so off. funny it killed me wait off. did they mention Harry Potter in that movie I can't remember no I don't think so okay okay because I saw it into Jacob Eldridge whatever his name is right and, and he with the GQ one he did an yeah. interview and he's uh, talking Jacob about Jacob Elordi that <laughs> one yeah how are you talking Lol. about the way I can't pronounce anybody's last name you no. call him Eilish 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 Eilish. Eilish. Anyway, he did this GQ interview and he was referencing Hermione's backpack. And I was thinking, do people my age actually reference Harry Potter still? And yeah. for, for some reason, that's mad. Anyway, but that's mad. Um, but for some reason, in my head, I think, I feel like Danny referenced Harry Potter. She's a Harry Potter gal. What about her backpack? I can't Sorry, remember. Really I can't remember, but I feel like she referenced something to do with Hermione in the movie. I don't know, but I, there was definitely a Hunger Games one. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway. I also think, okay, so it cut, like, I thought that Rowan, that's what the, the activist. activist is called, right? So I thought Rowan was really, really good. I think her performance was exceptional, but it was maybe like, yeah, I don't know, something just like jolted in me with it. I thought Danny Zoduch was really good. I thought Dylan O'Brien, I can't remember his name. Was it Colin? Colin. Colin and his vapes. But I thought all the secondary characters were trash. So like the queer, that, the gay character who hated. Oh, 
they piss me off. <laughs> the queer femme who hates her, awful. Hated, and there's a hated. few other gay people that work at the like magazine mm. with her or whatever. Awful, awful, awful. Like literally so sloppy stereotypes. And then this is another thing I think about just final thoughts on this film because I feel like we need to open it up. Is that Another reason why I think it's positioned for Gen Z is because, you know, the director's cameos, the director has mm-hmm. a cameo at a support group, and she is dressed like Eden. No, I'm joking, that's so mean. So- You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but she has, like, the little micro fringe. Eden doesn't actually have a fringe anymore. Eden, we love you. Eden is our social media editor. So she has, like, a little micro fringe, black hair, but she's wearing docks. A like pleated skirt or something but then this is what got me her t-shirt is a, the future is female t-shirt mm-hmm. that is a millennial thing mm. you just said before position for gen z but you met millennial yeah i met millennial okay okay okay, okay. Sorry, get, you, get, you, get you get you get you get you yeah i think there's some bits of it that maybe feel a bit dated like everybody was talking about the fact that like zoe's like the costume of danny felt dated I even though i don't think i agree I, I i really don't agree with the whole like <laughs> I mean, I I know that some things, maybe like the the blonde hair thing, maybe has passed a bit, but like really, so you dressed in like that, do you know what I mean? It's so cool to dress like that. So um, she has like skunk stripes, which is what she has skunk stripes. That's about. what I mean. I always forget we do a podcast, so people can actually see me doing what I'm doing. Here. <laughs> um, but I I didn't feel. I mean, yeah, there's some bits of it that are a bit yeah. But I also think with costuming, you I remember I read a really excellent piece when season two Euphoria was coming out about the costuming of Barbie's character because she's called Cat, right? You're not gonna fucking know. I do, it's Cat. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> and basically like about how fat women are costumed on TV, especially like young fat women, in that they always have to wear like a t shirt with a funny little like print on it or like a funny slogan or like something like this. And I feel like costuming still is getting it quite wrong. Like another example of this is the Gossip Girl reboot, which is obviously a reboot, but a lot of people were very upset that the fashion was not hitting. Yeah, people thought it sucked. And it wasn't that great. It wasn't great. It, and it also just didn't feel like our generation, not gonna lie. Some of these girlies are wearing these major, like, knee-length boots that just didn't really feel very Gen Z. It felt, like, old. Like, not old, but, like, not their age. And also, I think, on the costuming thing, I remember reading that Alexa Demi basically styled herself for last season. She really wanted to be, like, deep into her own characterization and stuff, which I think aided her like looking so good and her character being like so lauded for last season anyway so this brings me to so for example we're saying that these are for like gen z audiences i know the lower end of gen z is still really young like how old are they like 13 or something 15 is it i don't know in my research i think it says 15 mid-teens and oh between 10 and 25 sorry 10 the way you screamed (laughs) (laughs) so this is my point then i feel like for example so when i watched gossip girl or the oc i was like never watched but i heard great things about like i was like 10 to 13 Uh to 14 so i obviously think that they are spot on for the time of which they existed in because i wasn't actually existing in those times like my whole existence was watching these shows in a way but you know what i mean like apart from that i was going to school and so are these shows, films, etc., actually really like batting for an even younger audience that they can influence rather than trying to reflect the culture that exists now? 
I think they're just reflecting the culture as it is now. I, I, I'd hope that they're not trying to influence younger people, but especially what we're seeing in these shows, like or in these movies specifically, the, these three. Um, yeah, I don't think they're. I don't think they're trying to influence. I think they're genuinely trying to dissect the things they find interesting within our current culture. Because I, I guess, guess like Lena's one is is like primarily about like sex in a yeah. in a way. I, I haven't think that's the one to like exclude from exa- this, maybe okay. <laughs> because I feel like when you're younger, even if a horror film is like got an R rating or an 18 rating or whatever, you might watch it when you're 15, and like mm-hmm. I feel like not okay the fact it's on Disney here I know it's not in America will definitely attract like a teen viewership do you know what I mean yeah but I'm also sure that they're all aware of the, of those things that are already mentioned in the movie do you know what I mean those they're they're probably be more than familiar with the references and stuff yeah but I'm saying where we see like cringe will they just think it's cool like I remember what do I that's one like thing that I so remember watching and I just can't remember what it is that was like a satire, like Clueless. I had no idea Clueless was a fucking like comedy satire until I literally rewatched it as an adult. Oh, wow. <laughs> like when I was like 11 and watching it, I was like, oh, this is so sick. I want to be like these people. Same with Mean Girls. Mm. Like that's kind of how teenage TV works, I feel. Like the older people, it's like Disney, you know, like, oh, we put some things in for the adults, but then the kids operate on, like, a mid-level of consciousness about it. Maybe. I know after I watched Not Okay, it just re-ignited re, re, my love for that kind of aesthetic. Like, I think the kind of bright way she dressed was so, was cute. Like, I thought it was like, I was like, oh. So maybe people will watch and think, oh. I mean, I, I'm, it was interesting for them to start the movie by saying that she's an incredibly dislikable character, which is true, because she is absolutely insane. She has but no you brain cells. But I didn't necessarily root for her, but I felt moments of empathy for her. Yeah. Because, um, cause, you know, as they say, in, I said in the review for it on the Los Angeles Times, I guess, like, realistically, all she was looking for was Kimine A and, like, a group. Do you know what I mean? You know, you know, she had the little, like, was it a baseball session with the people from her, the, the trauma group? I was no it baseball? I what sports they play in America. I can't well remember. I think, I think it was baseball they played, and she was like playing with them, and it was so cute. Like she just really wants; she just doesn't have anybody, really. I guess. So I guess it, it, you know, there's moments that you felt for her, but she still is a crazy bitch. Halima, you're being indoctrinated into feeling sorry for incredibly privileged rich people. I mean, you can, you know, there's duality within people. You can acknowledge the fact that she's a crazy person, and also understand that, you know, crazy people do or bad people do those things for a reason. A very misguided reason. Lol. Yeah, very misguided reason. Yeah, but for his reasons. <laughs> also, it was so interesting for, to see her go back to her parents' house and her parents are fucking filthy rich. Like, she's just so irritating. Also, her mom is, I haven't actually confirmed this with Wikipedia, but I'm pretty sure her mom is Miss Honey from Matilda. <gasps> I think it is. Yeah. I, I loved her mom. I was like, how are you going to get married after this? <laughs> Let me crease. No, the one that made me laugh was like, how are you going to get on a co-op board for one of those like fancy New York buildings? Can't be honest. It is interesting. The way they ended it, I felt unsatisfied. And this whole episode is about this this movie, unfortunately. But did you not feel unsatisfied with the way it ended? Uh, No, I thought, you know, okay, not to make it deep here, but like recently someone I know was in a situation of like a cancellation on the internet or something or whatever and they would just like not really accept the reality of the situation but that they had kind of done something wrong and I had to be like 
oh you just have to sit like you can't make these people like you you just have to sit in your discomfort and your guilt because I feel like so often we turn guilt into trying to be liked or like we try to make amends but really what we're trying to do is try to be liked as opposed to make amends does that make sense Mm. like I feel I thought it was funny that Caroline Calloway has the line in it that's like have you tried going out there and making amends with the people and it's like well why why would these people that you've like severely hurt want to hear from you so I feel like it was closer to reality because I feel like if it got resolved in some way like I feel like if the film went on and on and on there would have been a moment in which you know she would have had like an upwards arc because we know cancellation isn't real especially for like rich white straight women on the internet but I feel like it was good to be like, no, you can't solve, like, if you actually do something really quite wrong, you can't solve it straight away. Like, you can't make it better by one moment. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I that made sense. I just, like, I just felt like I, I think was just because I liked the movie, I just wanted to know more about yeah. what happened after. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to know more. I, I just no, felt unsatisfied. I, <laughs> I felt like I'd had enough, like, I turned it off, like, not turned it off, I paused it, like, half an hour towards the end, like, I'm done with this. Like, I- I've seen all I need to see. Oh, I loved it. I could watch it again, mate. I loved it. She's a crazy person. She's she's mad. Yeah. 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 I But I- last thing I will say on this, I really do enjoy the fact that we are seeing more, like, Gen Z TV. Because, it, like, we have just been so, like, especially with the, like, middle parts of, like, these few years so much so many reboots so many like nostalgia trips so many like throwbacks to this and that it's nice to actually have something fresh for once even if it feels cringe and like not as authentic uh, let, let, let people have the space to make something new like I'm just so grateful to, to just get new content like it's just uh, I'm I'm happy about it I'm so fucking sick of reboots and remakes and it's just so boring I know. I think saying that I am interested into like what counts as being a specifically Gen Z piece of art, like piece of visual, like TV or film. The three that we've categorized, minus Ning Donna's film, um, which we don't know that much about. Um, Obviously focus on young people, young women specifically that do have this kind of like, at least one of the characters has this neurosis about being online. Like it's interesting to me that, for example, we don't consider yellow jackets to be a gen z piece of tv like i know it expands the class spans different ages yeah. yeah but it's still like teens but they're the dot teens in our in like a gen z age though are they they're adults now and then like the wilds have you watched that it just got cancelled <sighs> so shit i like it i hate it i hate also, season two because of the boys yeah fuck the boys <laughs> <Stinky. No. laughs> um and then like even something like um only murders in the building like, i feel like it's swinging for that more but we don't consider it like in season two it's definitely swinging for like the gen z audience more and we just aren't it's not getting categorized that way so i'm interested in like what the categorization is i think the sex of, of college girls is very gen z for me it's riverdale <laughs> <laughs> um, that, I really I didn't add it for a reason because that show was crazy yeah, I really want to just watch I, I stopped watching it like a while ago and I just want to watch the last season because it seems like it's all kicking off yeah in Riverdale Wild stuff. but I feel like Riverdale was the beginning of Gen Z on TV and it was actually quite a long time ago now but when the way was that Riverdale? cast was I think it was 2016 or 17 um, but the way that cast was like elevated to kind of like the breakfast club rat pack vibes of their generation like they were like the it people for a while do you know what i mean mm. do you think you is gen z 
I don't know why you think it is. I think it is. I think I might think that because um, love is Gen Z. Like the, mm. I don't know if she actually is Gen Z in the show, but, but the person who mm. plays her is part of Gen Z. And the things that they would say in the show just made me feel like they were Gen Z. Like it just made me, or even, I don't know. It just fe- I feel like maybe it's not Gen Z, but it definitely feels very now. Especially with the way like the, the the parents would speak in the latest season about like health and veganism and like their mm. parenting styles, it felt very like the Kardashians of today. So maybe that's why I think it's it, it's Gen Z. But I feel like maybe I've misquoted that. I just think it's very today. And it, it well no, because it kind of ties in as well with like the extreme like in a way like extreme stand culture that we have now and like surveillance culture and everything like that and main character syndrome obviously is like such a thing now and even the way he talks about identity politics in the show like the way um joe's character is always like like trying to come across as like woke while he's a murderer at the same mm. time like yeah, it's so yeah, yeah. i think it's just so of today but maybe yeah. not gen z but very of today well what is your favorite gen z show we would love to hear your thoughts thank you halima thanks ioni and thank you to the listeners. Thank you to Olivia for editing and happy birthday week to Olivia. Thank you to Gina and Gina, Eden and Charlotte and Izzy and Grace and Hattie. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.